0: Hello everyone, welcome to At Intellect. Today we have with us a very special guest, Ayush Swami, who's a cinematographer based in San Diego, California. He specializes in video production, photography, personal branding, social media strategy and so much more, and has worked with various brands as well as individual clients to bring their story to life. He's also a die-hard fitness enthusiast himself. In this episode, I talked to him about his life as a creator, how he got into the world of cameras and fitness, his sources of inspiration, and so much more. So without further ado, let's jump straight into the show. Hey Ayush, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for doing this, man.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure and honor just to, you know, be invited to this.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, And also, it was your birthday last week. Belated happy birthday, man. How old are you now? If you want to share with the audience.
1: I don't mind. I'm not 30 (laughs) yet. I'm 24. So that's
0: great. (laughs) You're you're relatively young compared to the audience that I had before. So that's that's really nice. Cool. I think you had a blast. uh, uh, Celebrations in the last couple of days. That's.
1: Yeah, I mean, we definitely had a blast. It's uh San Diego, which is where I'm from and am, it's only opening now. So, thankfully, we were able to do some stuff because uh, I remember last year, uh, we just threw a big party at our place, which was super fun too. But yeah. nothing beats going out, you know, like you just it's the environment sometimes, like you want to mix it up and have a party at home, but like just going out sometimes fun because you can get more people involved so you know what i mean you can only grab people in a place and then on top of that when you're out you can potentially get a bigger crowd of people that you never had so you sometimes sometimes gets even more fun
0: yeah definitely i can only imagine uh i think i think that'll be great um cool I know you have been like you have a super busy schedule with all the projects uh, and and everything but I really appreciate you taking the time and you know sitting down together to to have this conversation and just before we start I I want to share an anecdote, anecdote I think we discussed that previously as well in our last call but like when I was conceptualizing the idea of this podcast and I was like planning like whom I will invite on the shows and everything I created a list of uh, what i what i call like a moonshot list of uh guests that i really wanted to invite and like you were on that list so that was like now like we are talking i think that's that's really great uh to have you on the show so thanks for doing this man
1: of course man i hey it's it's an honor just to be able to share my story on your page you know so thanks so much for having me
0: cool So uh, before we jump into the main theme of the episode, why don't we uh, like focus on your journey for a bit? I want to specifically ask you that at what stage in your life did you fell in love with cameras and and fitness? Like, did that happen together? Or like you got into fitness first and then cameras later? Like, at what time was it? Like during university, high school,
1: or even before that? Yeah, so... They're actually separate. What happened? Oh, kind of. So, to make the long story very short, because there's a lot of details in it. um, When I was 13, so middle school, I was friends with people that got me into the weight room because I played sports all my life. I played basketball for eight years and like soccer and stuff like that. But then when it came to going that transition from middle school into high school, those same group of friends that I had, they started really getting into the weight room and not necessarily into bodybuilding, but they just, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, I got to get super big jacked you know, like, they just want to go bench press like 3 trillion pounds and like get to that level. Um, like the, not even jocks, it's just people that thought they were big boys and girls, you know? So yeah. they got me in the gym and at the time, I st- I liked it because it was just athletic. I liked being active, but the the uh, the love for like bodybuilding esque fitness, powerlifting type of stuff didn't come until I stopped being friends with them because I went to the gym and just did whatever they did, and they were huge at the time. So for me,
0: I was just doing what they
1: wanted to do. But once I discovered my personal love for bodybuilding was when. I stopped being friends with them and I started YouTubing and doing my own thing. Um, just because, like, I don't know, like, I felt like I was doing stuff wrong. Or <laughs> um, there was a better way to learn because I never learned from being with them. I just kind of did what they did. So then when I discovered certain YouTube channels like Christian Guzman, Chris Jones, Matt Ogis, mm-hmm. these yeah. big OG YouTubers, they were really cool like i liked watching them and that's where the spiral went from i kept learning learning and i loved it and i became obsessed with bodybuilding because it reminded me of an anime character it was like wow like that my my love for cartoons anime um that dream body it was like whoa that's really cool i want to do that too And so I never knew how to do it, but now I do because these guys are talking about nutrition, macros, like structure your fitness plan. And then pretty much from there, I went down that rabbit hole. I learned for myself and I became a personal trainer at like literally 15, 16 years old because at 13 to like 14, 15 was me being with those guys, my friends. But then towards like that 14 to 15 year old range is when I started going on my own and then once I turned towards 16 is when like I decided okay this is my thing I really like it and fun fact I was called gym shark my entire high school career because I bought a gym shark sweatshirt and you know a pool shark so people thought I was trying to be a gym shark they thought I was okay. some like cool guy and I just kind of ran with it, even though it was getting a little annoying. So to now attach the camera part into it, mm-hmm. I, back when I was friends with those people, we didn't film fitness stuff, but we filmed skateboarding stuff. Cause those guys were kind of like thugs, you know, Okay. not saying I was a thug, but like I was like that random dude that was just there because like I thought mm-hmm. it was cool at the time, but I never participated because obviously you get arrested and stuff. And yeah. maybe a couple of times I'll participate, but not the point. Um, once we uh, started filming some skateboarding type of stuff, ironically, I was good at editing, like the okay. videos filming. I wish I had those videos; like they're gone completely. But mm-hmm. I can remember them, and so that kind of like fizzled out after doing it for like maybe three months, four months, and okay. then. It's the irony that I guess I was already good at it that come when I started watching these YouTubers, mm-hmm. it inspired me once I turned 18 or 19 and I was doing the typical college route and I knew I wanted to get into fitness, but I didn't know how, but I knew the safety was because of my parents being Indian, you know, you have to get a job and college, yeah. blah, blah, blah i had to do what i had to do but i knew there could be another path for my career so i decided to pick up the cameras for of vlogging like christian guzman and all them and yeah. filming my workouts because i see they're trying to be like these like at the time influencer wasn't even a word but that's what it was they were being influencers they were being little yep. youtube celebrities and so i wanted to be my own so i started doing it I was already a personal trainer so i had a couple like clients that i transformed but like it's not to like what i'm surrounded with today it was kind of like that if you were not in shape i could get you to lose weight and like get you a six pack or whatever but now i'm surrounded mm-hmm. with people that can fix your hormones and stuff a whole different level but okay. pretty much like yeah once i picked up the camera at around 18 and I started vlogging my life, it just got more fun. Like it literally got fun because I was able to look back and see my life for the last three years. Like now when I look back at it today mm-hmm. and that honed my skill to where I am now, essentially. Um, yeah. It built upon that initial skateboarding thing I used to do when I was 13, 14. to so then it carried over to when I was 18 because I already knew the program tiny bit, even though there's a lot of time, right. It's still like, I was already, I guess, naturally gifted. And so that allowed me then to build the foundation over time to when I moved to San Diego in 2018. So keep in mind that was when I was 21, so three years. So 2018 was when I moved here. So yeah, 2015 to 2018, I was just, filming for myself yeah so years of building a foundation for being for video editing filming and then once i once it was 2018 i was offered a job to move to san diego and that's when obviously my skill set even propelled even further because that's when you know i started like (laughs) actually doing this for real and how i got into this was because during that journey 2015 to 2018 because I was trying to be a Christian Guzman of myself, I would attend expos, these events. And somehow people knew who I was. I guess the power of social media, right? Internet, you post things, and then you never know who will see it. And so at the time, because it wasn't as big, the big people saw my stuff somehow, and Mm -hmm. my name being very unique. There's not that many Indian people that do what I'm doing. Not the videography as a career not that mm-hmm. i'm talking about like trying to be a face like i'm basically trying to be like a selman khan of my own out here you know <laughs> yeah but, but he's an actual but i would compare selman khan to like christian but Got in a it. way of like, stats right like celebrity in youtube social media realm right not yeah. like what they do but i wanted to be a face so because of that i guess it just had my name stick out a lot because I'm very whitewashed, like from the way (laughs) I present myself, the way I am, et cetera. And so it just helped, you know, like it, that's what allowed me to build my love for the camera and fitness. It was like, because I, something about the anime with like how their bodies are, made me fall in love with bodybuilding and fitness and go down the rabbit hole and inspired me that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life but then on the same time the cameras and like building that love it kind of came by accident because Mm -hmm. when I was going to those events and people started saying hey your stuff is really good do you mind filming for me I never had the intentions of becoming this like videographer. Like at the time, I don't think there really even was a job like that. Back then yeah. I thought it was just Hollywood. You become cameraman and do all that. Right. But yeah. I guess because we were in that weird turning point in social media and inter- internet, it became a possibility. And so I just loved it more and more because people were praising me for my work for myself. And mm-hmm. once I said, sure, I'll do your stuff thinking it would be a benefit for me to be a face because they might shout my name out yeah. instead it made me love that i'm really good at this and i don't have to use my degree for something i don't like to do so yeah. that's kind of how it happened like and that's my love it was just it was, the fitness was i stumbled upon it mm-hmm. the, the camera was accidental
0: <laughs> so <laughs> wow that, that's Yeah. That's a great story. And like the way you summarized it, it's, it's really awesome. Um, keeping your Indian story aside for a bit, I I really wanted to ask you what was the first camera that you got to like actual camera to film with? Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. So it was the uh, Canon G7 X Mark II.
0: Oh, the Mark II. That's, that's, that's a great camera. Do you still have it? No,
1: I don't. (laughs) I, um, I don't have a single camera. Besides like the ones that I have, like I use today, I sold them every time.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah. And I, I think the interesting part was that by the time you were uh, getting into the video side of things uh, like YouTube and uh, Instagram and uh, like all of this social media stuff was like really picking up, right? So I think it was a really good moment for you to get there and then, you know, uh, and then grow and expand to, to this stage where, like, you have so many brands, so many influencers. Uh, they they have so much content to create, right? So I think that the timing was also great uh, at that point of time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you uh, mentioned uh, that you're actually from India. Can you just share your Indian story really quickly with the audience?
1: yeah <laughs> so the very uh, un-indian part of me for this story is the fact that like i really don't have much of a story for being indian my uh my entire background is uh, i was born in davin gray in 1997 um may since uh, i don't mind sharing my birthday may 26 and then uh then two months later my parents brought me to america Uh, My dad's from Bangalore. And so from that point forward, I don't know. I I guess it depends on every Indian, right? Like every Indian family that moves to the U.S. But like initially I visited probably once a year, like once every Mm -hmm. summer. Um, And I would go for the entire summer. And then I think at the age of like 13, like towards like right when I was like born to like 13, it slowly like stopped because we would go like every couple of years then Uh, probably because my little brother was born so bringing an infant was kind of difficult and then taller but after 13 uh, believe it or not I never went back so (laughs) I have not gone back in 11 years and okay I don't have much of a culture because my parents never forced it on me they they tried I completely rejected it and that's another story in itself of why I rejected Indian everything for me Mm -hmm. Um, and I would love to share that if you ever want me to but yeah I never liked being Indian and so I rejected (laughs) it my whole life which kind of added to why I never went back when I was 13 years Mm -hmm. old and it was nothing against my family like Yeah, yeah, yeah like that it was more so being in America I was never People, i didn't like how people treated me it did like, maybe it depends on where you live so yeah, yeah, yeah i think from where i grew up which was in a town called palmyra in pennsylvania okay, okay. it was very like redneck like hickville like trucks okay. and farmers and honestly like I was not. I definitely stuck out like a sore thumb. But not mm-hmm. saying I was bullied or anything. But like I said, that's another story in itself that uh, if yeah, you share, know, yeah. I can get into. But that's kind of like my Indian story. And then once I moved out here, I met a group of people that mm-hmm. uh, ironically are my roommates. They uh, got me to open my eyes to who I am and like not, yeah, you know, reject who I am. And Accept and embrace being Indian, so I appreciate that for them. So I don't, I don't not like being Indian anymore. Um, okay. But at the end of the day, like that was that's my story. Um, and actually, I have a tattoo. Oh, uh, uh, this will show, right? You don't even doing a video, right? For
0: no, 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 no. Only on. Uh,
1: well, I have a tattoo. If uh, if I <laughs> yeah, wish I could show you, but I have a tattoo that basically has the own symbol on here. Oh, that's that with that ohm symbol it's uh breaking away from crows and so okay. with that it like is representing that i used to reject being indian but why like it's a reminder to not because mm-hmm. it actually makes me unique especially because i am mm-hmm. very whitewashed, right so i definitely sure. stand out a lot with that with what i do and going back to earlier there's not a lot of like, indian fitness people you know yes it's yes. not common yet which is interesting
0: got it got it makes sense uh, and yeah i think i think you got to meet uh, those those set of friends which you know like already accepted you for who you are and, and showed you like what are your goals and interests are. so i think i think that's great i think that's really valuable awesome cool so following along the lines of a journey um, uh, when I was preparing for this podcast I landed upon your LinkedIn and I, I really saw a few interesting things there so you basically graduated from Penn State right holding a bachelor's in science and then you had a stellar GPA you had like dean's list accreditation and then also a few intern internships in the field of I think IT and business marketing and and stuff like that. You also learned tools like Excel, Tableau, SQL, right? But um, like very corporate, businessy side of things. And during that same time, you were also kind of invested in like videography and cinematography, uh, building up your clientele and and everything else, right? So, I I, I was really curious to know like at what point of uh, point in time, did you decide that like I don't want to join the corporate world? I don't see myself doing a nine to five, but I really want to, you know, follow my creative passion and work independently for myself.
1: Yeah. So it was probably when, uh, because I was doing college at the exact same time with all of this, uh, for myself, when people started hiring me, that's when I decided to say, screw the corporate world because. Okay. When people started hiring me, it was kind of like, what? I can get paid for this? Um, this is a job. Like, why not? This is easy. Like, I'm good at it. It's way more fun. I get to meet people, travel, et cetera. Um, and I think what really hit the nail was because to paint the picture, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in two years. And within that time frame, I was still doing my life with, like, training six days a week yeah i had my internship i was cramming so many credits at once and i was filming for people i was traveling i actually went to school online just to completely do that so i was on the road (laughs) doing all of that schoolwork, right and still training filming people etc and finally when i graduated i was about to graduate And I was starting to apply to different jobs. And at the time, I didn't get any hits yet. I don't know why. Maybe I was too early or I didn't Mm -hmm. give it enough time. But I did go on a little bit of a vacation. Mm -hmm. And during that vacation, I came to San Diego. And I, once again, you know, for myself, for my YouTube and stuff like that, I visited a person that basically just gave me a job, like right on the spot. And then... That will. That's what allowed me to say, well, screw the corporate world. Like, why? Why would I do that? I already got the job, like the full time job that oh, want okay. right out of college. And thinking, like timeline wise, I was 21. Normally, people only graduate school maybe 23. Just okay, depends, right? Yeah, on your age and like, do you decide to go to your master's right away, whatever. So yeah, like that's when I decided it was when I literally was given the job to become a full-time videographer. Um, That's when I realized like, what's the point?
0: Cool. And, And I think rest is history, right? Yeah.
1: Rest is history. Then it snowballed to where we are today.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a, that's a great story. Um, probably that trip that you took and and you got a job was kind of the signal uh, mm-hmm. which saved you from the corporate world in a way and it, it landed you to where you are uh, right now but but at, like at times do you think of it or like how would your life would be if you would have joined the corporate world or you're you're happy with with where you are today?
1: so this is so funny right with that question because i had that thought so many times because another fun fact that same job fired me that same month (laughs) (laughs) so that same month i moved my entire life here and that dude fired me in exactly 24 days so Uh Here I am, 21-year-old, have no idea what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> Just moved across the country. And I got uh, I got fired. And the reason why he fired me was because um, he didn't like that I filmed for other people. Because mm-hmm. obviously, now that I live here, people started realizing I'm good at what I do and they wanted to hire me. And he didn't want me to film for anybody else. He wanted to own me. And so okay. because of that, I was like... Uh, I started hiding. Hiding okay. the fact that I was. And uh, that did not go well and so he fired me.
0: Okay. So, yeah, but I, I think that would that would be a learning opportunity for you as well, right? Like, um, probably a takeaway that things can go wrong at, at any point of time, but you have to stick to what you do and try to improve. Right. Cool. That it's is- like,
1: it's it's uh it it made me realize like at that given time because i liked the idea of having a normal steady job because of security mm-hmm. and i don't want to change a single thing i mean there's little things i wish i could change if i could go back in time right mm-hmm. um but if i had a little bit more maturity and understanding. And I can't blame myself. I was 21 and I had no idea what I was doing. And it was an accidental career that I just jumped into. Um, I could have treated him as more of a client Hmm. and set boundaries and all that stuff that I only learned now. Um, But to get to the main thing about the corporate, so the irony was right after that gig was, was over, I immediately was given an opportunity to work corporate actually, but as a videographer. So, you know, know, like corporate doesn't mean like it's not videography. It could just be that sort of job. Like you can be an accountant that's corporate, or you can be a contractor, freelance entrepreneur, accountant, and then obviously other stuff. So I stumbled upon that uh, opportunity with a big company in San Diego. And I lasted there for about three, four months. And within that mm. three, four months, started hating it a lot because the company itself was boring to me. Okay. Like this wasn't fun videos to shoot. Um, the dude was kind of wacky to me. <laughs> so I uh, was a little uh, And that's when I had the taste of a full month being with someone that would treat me wrong. Then I had the uh, the taste of, someone that for like three months that kind of gave me what I wanted Hmm. but not the industry or the the environment that I wanted because the entire company was kind of a little woo woo to me a little bit too but uh that from that point when I stopped there that's when I went straight full-time like I have five clients and six clients ten clients like getting called left and right um going that path and Then basically having those different experiences and mainly the freelance one where I have like multiple clients all the time till today, Mm -hmm. I won't deny I'm excited for my next chapter, which is going back to more of that steady one client opportunity. So I'm actually moving to Texas, Austin, Texas this fall. And I'm going to be working, not corporate, like he's not, the company is not corporate itself, but it will be like, I'll be working for one company itself, but I am able to do other jobs on the side if I would like to, because Uh, obviously working for one client gets boring sometimes for me. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to like freshen things up, make obviously more money as well. And so, um, I think if I had to choose, I would choose no matter what working. It's hard because it's like corporate's not even a thing anymore. I feel like for videography, it's like nowadays, if it's a corporate gig, it's more of like the finance, financial area, uh, supply chain, IT. Um, Because with video, it's like you just get hired as a contractor it's mainly these mainstream social media companies that want you full time, but they're not corporate feeling, right? They don't, I think corporate has come in suit up all the time. (laughs) So with that being said, like I would rather have a hybrid in my opinion, where Mm -hmm. the corporate aspect of you have a job paying you a certain figure that Mm -hmm. covers all your, all your necessities like and then a little bit more and then from there still having the ability to make other money through like the other gigs that you get and that's just for me whether the other money the income sources that i would get is from making like you know a product line of my own or um making a um like relationship with other clients and doing other work on the side like that's how I would prefer it. And that's going to be my first rodeo trying this because yeah. living in San Diego, it's taught me that there is no such thing as a corporate safety net, especially with COVID. There's no yeah. safety net with corporate or not corporate. Um, you have to basically hustle your ass all the time here because it's never, you're never good enough. It's so expensive here. You're never good enough. Um awesome. So that's kind of like how I am right now. It's like having a hybrid of the corporate world of like, you do have that certain figure that keeps you safe. And I say that in quotes because um, there is no safety, obviously with COVID really showed that everyone lost their jobs no matter what. Um, Um, But the hybrid part of still doing other stuff on the side allows you to still keep yourself fresh, you know, Um, being a videographer and photographer, if you shoot the same thing all the time it gets really boring yeah and people don't understand that people want you to basically just be their pet monkey shooting their stuff but they don't realize that if their creative does more work for other people mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much money you pay them you guess you still gotta let them do other stuff yeah. it gives them it makes them feel refreshed like Think about it, you're drinking your favorite drink all the time, right? Or your favorite yeah, yeah. food. You're going to get bored of it. You got to change it up sometimes. doesn't mean you don't stop consuming that, yeah. but you got to still sprinkle in other things. Otherwise, you just get bored of it. And that's how the creativity will stay fresh in my mind. That's my personal, um, you know, whatever you want to call it for being a creative. And my biggest advice to different creatives, it's not mm. just filming the entire time. However, not to knack on like other like jobs such as like being a financial person, supply chain, IT, but at the end of the day, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you would agree it's the same thing though, right? You're pretty much doing the same thing. Like you're doing it on Excel, uh, SQL, Tableau, whatever, right? Like it's the same thing at the end of the day, but when when you're filming things and you're taking photo. It's not the same. It's apples to oranges, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you know, I'm taking the photo of the same freaking thing every time, it's going to get boring.
0: Yeah, I think the, the best part of working in independently is that you can just change things at your own will. Let's say if yeah. you're getting bored with one particular uh, kind of work, then you can switch it up. You can take up another gigs, which are different and, and everything else. You can spice things up uh, and you have more flexibility. So that's that's great. That's a very valid point. Yeah. cool so uh you you told um you shared about your hustle that you did uh during your university days where you were on the road studying and everything else um what I really wanted to ask you is like currently at at this stage what does a day in, in your life looks like like how do you uh plan for your day and then how do you divide time between you know brainstorming an idea filming it and then editing and then getting some creativity in as well. What is your daily structure and time management stuff that you do?
1: Yeah. So that question is so hard to answer only because every day is different for me. Like I don't sleep. Okay. That's a lie. I do sleep, but I don't sleep as much as I should. Like probably average is closer to like five to six hours. Um, Just because I need to edit all the time. So my day would start, between 7 to 9 a.m. It really just depends on what time I went to bed the previous night. And then mm-hmm. from there, I will just, first thing, I jump on the computer and I'm already <laughs> editing, whatever okay. it is. Or I will be basically preparing myself to go to a shoot, wherever okay. it is. Then yeah. the other scenario is I'm just going to go straight to the gym. Okay. It just depends on what my schedule is for shooting. So today... Uh, the great thing for me is I don't have to shoot anything until later on in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'll probably be shooting in downtown and it's with my roommate. So we're a little bit more flexible. And so okay. I don't have to necessarily stress, but there are times mm-hmm. where I have to drive far, like sometimes to LA yeah. or another part of San Diego. And so there I have to like, time manage my day of like, when am I going to go to the gym? Because that's still very important to me. And at the same time, I have all these things to edit still. And so it just really depends. But the typical day is like, if I don't have to shoot a thing, then Mm -hmm. honestly I'll just wake up same thing 7 to 9am. And then I'll Mm -hmm. just start editing right away. I eat throughout the day, depending on like, what my nutrition is for the day. And Mm -hmm. then I will hit the gym at some point. And then pretty much I come home and I get right back on my computer because I don't get a day off. People want things right away. If I have a shoot, then take that same schedule and just plop the shoot in somewhere Mm -hmm. and then move around those other things. Um, And then if I don't take a day off or if I do take a day off, which I don't remember the last time I took a day off, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's a lie yesterday maybe but yeah my day would just be pretty much the same thing i literally don't have a way to think of what a day of my life would be without work
0: got it got it that's, it's, it's that's crazy cool. it's like it's a really yeah. crazy
1: life i'm yeah. living right now
0: yeah it's it's pretty interesting um so uh basically like even if you have a jam-packed schedule like you have you have a few shoots and everything else how do you still find time to work out or like do you bail out on your workouts or you're very regular at it
1: oh i'm regular at it so i'm a firm believer of like your Mm non-negotiables if you don't have a non-negotiable then like what's the point of life so for me like while my my schedule is packed it's because that's just the way this career works right like whether i have clients or not actually here scratch that when i have clients which is you would want that to be all the time the problem that comes is when you shoot they want something literally the next day or yeah within an hour like i didn't even leave the place yet and they already want it that's why my life and my schedule is so stupid packed because mm-hmm people, this is now getting into people don't pay me enough. So mm-hmm. because they don't pay me enough because they won't pay me what I would want to be charging because then mm-hmm. it gets in the supply demand. Right. Um, because of that, I have to undercharge for how much time it takes to create these videos, these photos, etc. Mm-hmm. that it forces me then to basically be on the clock 24 seven Mm-hmm. because i want to also make a certain amount per month and yeah. being a one man show it's pretty much all my t- my day then and yeah. to get into like you know hiring other people it doesn't work because they don't pay me enough to begin with yeah. to then do it. because this is very time consuming yeah. um so that's kind of like the issue that it has and then if they if I did have it my way and I could turn things in like a week later or two weeks later, or Mm -hmm. if people paid me enough, then it would be possible. Right. Yeah. So the one thing I won't let go though, and I made this very clear no matter what is I will still go to the gym at some point, because if I just work all day, then I'm going to literally turn into like a big ball and I won't even be able to move, you know, like, i'll i won't even i'll be so uncoordinated to like shoot and i don't like seeing myself not fit um
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: the other thing is uh not to knock on a lot of videographers and photographers but Mm -hmm. most creatives are not fit they're not
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: they're kind of overweight and it's kind of sad so that's because that's the reason why i don't want to let go of this like i will okay. do it like i go to the gym sometimes at 10 p.m like it sucks okay. Don't get me wrong it sucks especially when i'm like eating like nothing because i'm dieting or whatever or mm-hmm. i'm starving all day because i have to plan my meals accordingly to my training it mm-hmm. sucks some days but i will take a day off if i know like this is going to be impossible yeah so yeah, that's got it that's the reason why I decided like with my previous like thing about the corporate, it's like, I'm excited to take that opportunity I was given in Texas to do more of like a hybrid corporate thing now, because that's going to allow me now to not feel as threatened or Mm -hmm. scared living in a place that's expensive and then work so much because here, like, if the the viewers or listeners they understand a little bit of like the the economy and stuff like that in San Diego, if mm-hmm. you don't make ten thousand dollars a month, which would mm-hmm. be equivalent to like one hundred and twenty k a year yeah. in dollars, obviously it's uh that's your baseline. That's yeah. literally your base. Like, if you don't make that, you are really struggling here. Because the average rent is about twenty two hundred to three thousand for a single bed, wow. and you get like a small square. So, with that being said, it's very difficult to, you know, survive here unless you make that much. And then yeah. when you go to Texas, it's like stupid cheap there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, don't get me wrong, California is great. You're getting what you pay for, but think about it it's not that many people are making that much money to be able to live off that. And being yeah. Indian, you know, Indians are hard workers. They, they're kind of instilled upon that from day one. Yeah. That kind of adds to the fuel of I'm not good enough. I have to keep working. I can to keep going, keep going till yeah, you make yeah, it. Yeah. Then you, once you hit that, then you want to go to the next one and then it just never stops. Videography and photography makes it difficult because it's really hard to make a lot of money on it because it's one of the first expenses that can get ripped because yeah. cameras are getting better, your phone's getting better, mm-hmm. or people just sacrifice quality sometimes, mm-hmm. and then that makes it difficult as as well. Got it. Got it.
0: That's that's very interesting. Um, you mentioned uh, the word non-negotiables uh, just now. Can you double down on that a bit? Like, like, do you have these set of things that that you have? uh pinned in your life that those are non-negotiables like you have to do it no matter what and what are those things if you want to share
1: yeah so the only thing that's a non-negotiable for me is fitness ironically i do like playing video games and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. when you think about the only important thing or necessity would be the fitness staying active it's good for you you know Mm -hmm. um that's the only non-negotiable i have is because that that's very important to me but at the end of the day like it adds to my health which will then translate back into being already a physically active job running around with the camera you know Um, if i don't do it i hate myself because it makes me feel bad that i had to miss a workout but pretty much i'm like 97 percent accurate on never missing a workout um i will if i if it was at three percent it was literally impossible i had like stupid deadlines, and it just wasn't going to work, or I was just super tired, yeah. but very a good, a good ratio that I'm not missing the gym yeah. and staying on track, but I don't have any other thing because I'm a very simple guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I said, I would like to play video games, but that's not adding to my life. If anything, it's yeah. a relaxing thing, and okay. while I'm told I should do it, it's just when you think about it in hindsight, it's not going to add to my life. It's just yeah. going to waste time. And there are other ways to relax, such as meditating, which I still don't do, or Mm -hmm. just honestly staring at a wall because it's probably the same thing (laughs) as meditating. But because I have so much work and the demand, it's like, I need it so fast that it makes it hard to do anything besides the gym because the gym also takes a long time of my day. No, but yeah, like I don't, I am a firm believer that if you don't have non-negotiables then what's the point of life? because then mm-hmm. what are you living? Are you a robot? Like yeah. You don't want to live your life like that. Um so I feel like I am a robot, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to change that once I move to Texas because there'll be a little bit more flexibility on expenses, you know, because mm-hmm. it isn't as expensive to live there. My money will go further. So I will mm-hmm. have more non-negotiables such as I got a dog. So that dog will be with me in Texas. And so now a non-negotiable is I got to take care of dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be difficult, you know, for me having a first pet. And uh, I think once I, uh, you know, adapt to what it's like to live in Texas, Mm -hmm. it's going to be also spending more time with family and friends. Because I do it now, but I feel like it's very convenient for me because my best friends live with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so it's like sometimes like, and also they, they hire me too. So it's almost like I get that urge, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I did hang out with my friends because I live with them. uh, They hire me and worst case scenario, when (laughs) I'm finally pooped for the day and I don't want to work, I can Mm -hmm. literally just sit in the living room and they're doing whatever they want. And I just sit there and I'm like, I'm so tired that this is fine like i'm still spending time with you um so yeah non-negotiables for me will be very very important to me but beyond fitness once i move to texas because right now it's very hard in san diego with how expensive it is
0: got it i think that's crazy dedication um like despite having such a busy schedule you never miss workouts that's that's really great um one thing which I which I wanted to ask you and I've been personally struggling with it uh I just wanted to know like do you also feel that like when you're like working out when you're in the gym and let's say you have a really long day uh, of shoots and everything or client interaction like how like do you while working out are you thinking about the shoots and like what happened there and what could you have done better or you're totally in the zone and just focusing on your workouts like how do you manage that
1: yeah that's it's so tough for me man like i'm always thinking about shoots i'm always thinking about um my day um, i'm always tired honestly it's just a mental game that yeah. you have to just get out of your head put music on Mm -hmm. and then just take the zone that's like the only thing that works for me it's hard it's so
0: hard yeah it's hard because i i constantly keep finding myself even when i'm like working out or i'm at the gym that i would be thinking what happened at work what what i could have done better and and stuff like that so like i think that's that's really important to you know be in that zone and uh, have having some someone to push push you towards getting those workouts done more efficiently
1: yeah. Honestly, I just have to I think about my goal. My goal of right now is I'm, I'm dieting, I'm getting shredded. So it's like, okay. I'm just thinking, if I don't do this, I'm not gonna get shredded. I need to do yeah. it. Don't be a bitch. Stop being <laughs> a put. Like I literally just tell myself that. And then I also have my coach who basically says the same thing to me, stop being a bitch all the time. So that helps too. Um, okay. But the internal thing for me is always like, it's just if if I don't do something for myself for once, I'm not gonna like my life. I don't want to live a life that I don't like. Okay. While while I would love to like you know keep working, make great money, but mm-hmm. what's the point of making money if you don't if you don't like have fun with it, right? Yeah. So. That's why like, when I go to the gym, a big part of like going to the gym is it's gonna make me better as a human, like my personality, and I'm gonna feel more mm-hmm. confident. My body's gonna look better, so it's gonna make me feel better, um, um, X, Y, and Z. So I just think about those and I don't want to do it. And then when I do it, I'm like, that felt great. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a way you've added point, Um, here. um now, now, moving, like switching tracks a bit, um, I wanted to ask you that, so with your work as a, a cinematographer, uh, you you work with so many uh, different athletes and brands on various projects, like involving different levels of complexity, duration and outcomes, right? So what does your creative process look like, like when you're working with clients? Um, how do you make sure you're, being innovative at what you do and you're being bringing that, uh, like that X factor probably every time because this game is getting so much competitive now. Right. So how do you bring in your like uniqueness to it?
1: Yeah. So, um, how I touched earlier, I really like anime. I really like cartoons. Mm-hmm. And so trying to bring that into a real life video is pretty difficult and so while it doesn't help for every client because obviously not every client wants cartoony type yeah. of stuff um <laughs> taking aspects of that and like bringing it down helps a lot so that's like that just having that creativity is what allows me to make things different every time um yeah it's always been just that it's just thinking of like How do I make a cartoon in real life? And then Mm -hmm. depending on the client, pull it back. That's one type of inspiration. Second type of inspiration is obviously whenever I, the the random time I watch a movie, or the random time I watch a TV show. Mm
0: -hmm. Then the
1: other thing is, uh, I do tend to watch other creatives that I follow and not steal their ideas, but just be like, oh, that's cool. That sparked another idea. And then combine it back to my anime cartoon. Because- that that's the only way I can keep, you know, staying one above. But the also, the also, the other thing is like, there's nothing to even be innovative sometimes, Mm. which is crazy. Sometimes it's like you just get better over time or because I've developed a style that's like Hollywood. Like I Mm. like to Hollywood, like very like movie, like, despite, I don't really watch movies. Um, it keeps things very clean and fresh and then whenever mm. i want to add the anime stuff to it it just it's just another bonus but that's just what makes things very like not like copy paste but it's like that yeah. workflow right it's like you know in order to start a project on excel or as an example it's like you have the first open the laptop if the mm. open excel then depending on what you're going to do you create like your Table and like you write your text, etc. You have your yeah. data from another, so you import your data. Same thing goes with like if I'm filming a gym like video, right? If mm-hmm. they're just gonna work out my step, up, my step process is they enter the gym, they get ready to go, then yeah. you have like a cool like beat drop to that music where they're gonna throw things around and yeah. then they start actually lifting. And then towards yeah. the end, cool off. You get like that cool off type of ending shot. So it's like it's not a copy and paste. It's almost more of like a workflow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. And I, yeah, I, your videos reflect that workflow uh, very clearly. And yeah, I think you have you have, from what I see and what I acknowledge, is you have found a distinct style to your videos, which is kind of inspired from that. Uh, anime side of things that you really like but not too much right so yep. in a very subtle way is what I would, would say do you have any sort of uh, videographers or cinematographers do you like who are kind of your idols or you probably seek inspiration from or mm-hmm. you you don't have them
1: no, I do. So, uh, if, do you know Matt Como by chance?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know Matt Como. He's so a great Matt Como,
1: Yeah. So, Matt Como is probably the only person besides maybe like, you know, other people that are on YouTube, like Sam Colder, Daniel Schiffer, Peter mm-hmm. McKinnon. Like, yeah. But my main is Matt Como, not from how he shoots, because honestly, that dude's got like probably some of the greatest gear and yeah, yeah, yeah budget that like makes me unable to like even think about trying mm-hmm. um maybe one day but he inspires me because he makes things so cool mm-hmm. and on top of that he is where i want to be in life like okay. him and sam colter are influencers that basically get paid to mm-hmm. create a video and then get paid for it, travel the world, etc. And I would love to do that right now. People hire me to basically go get a model and then shoot it. But I yeah. would love to be given like this big, big budget just for myself. And yeah. they say, here's the product. Here's this big budget, take mm-hmm. whatever you want out of it. But you, within that, you got to go use that to travel to Thailand. Yeah. And then create this whole big video for our product. Obviously within that budget, food, hotel, etc., transportation, the flights, but that just sounds sick because I can bring a person to film me or I can mm-hmm. film myself, whatever. I'm going on a vacation. I can do whatever I want. It's, it's a video about me with that product. Like I am the face now. That's what I okay. want. And that ties back in with like, why I'm so big into fitness? Why? I keep it as a non-negotiable because while Matt Como is not super jacked and huge, and that's what I want to become. Yeah, Indians are not; they're not. If, fitness is not a big thing for India or Indians yeah. in general. Like at least where I'm around, like I have not met a single Indian around here that it like has this like um, fitness bodybuilding uh, thirst. Um, yeah. and so. I want to capitalize on that necessity or Mm -hmm. lack of, you know, and so I want to be that. So I feel like because I'm very whitewashed, I have that look with the tattoos, the muscle. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really good with the camera and if I can build my body to that point and because there's not that many other Indian people out there that have the fitness, dude, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much like another look that companies can ask to model for and that can get me back in front of the camera because i miss being in front of the camera i feel like my personality is sometimes really funny and so if i can stop being behind the camera and get in front that's now another income source for me so i can do stuff for people or i can be in front of the camera for people and then that you know it brings me back to my uh, vlogging days and my youtube because i stopped doing youtube once i started doing this for other people and yeah, not yeah. up, he gets hired for people to film, or he gets hired to basically be the face of a commercial. Got it, got it,
0: got it. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting to be on both sides of the business, right? You're behind the lens and then in front of the lens as well. Yeah, I think I think that would be great. I think slowly and steadily you'll probably get there. So
1: yeah, again, like I'm, I'm only 24, so I'm not. There's no like. I'm running out of time, blah blah blah, you know but yeah. uh, that is the goal of mine. a goal of mine is to become an influencer on my own because it's nice to be in front of the camera and not always being behind because when you're behind the camera, people look at you as like, oh, he's the cameraman. Oh the guy behind the camera, like you don't feel as appreciated. It's always a person in front. They don't yeah, think yeah. about when they see that video on Instagram or that photo on Instagram, how did it come about like did like did someone just put the tripod there and that dude took the photo and ironically or that girl and ironically like was edited to look like that or like what you know obviously someone with talent had to have done it not trying to boost like who i am or be arrogant or cocky but it's like in the grand scheme of things that's why people hire me they hire me to create the cool thing but they didn't do it otherwise they would have done themselves so, yeah, it'd be cool to get a little bit more recognition. And this gets into like the controversy of like credit, getting credit when you are hired for work. Cause I've had mm-hmm. instances where people don't want to give you credit. But, yeah, obviously, like there's a lot of arguments in there. We don't have to get into that. But that's why I want to be in front of the camera because then when people good. realize I do it for myself, mm-hmm. now there's no argument. Obviously, you know, I can do it for myself. My main business is that. But now, I was just put on the front of the camera to do it for the company. So, maybe I did it myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't. Why does it matter? Because I could have hired someone to film it because I can't film cool shots of me. But I'll edit it. So, it's still my work. I understood. I understood.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great perspective, though. Cool. Um, now like switching to the business side of things there's one thing which I was personally very curious to ask you Um, and like when I see all the social media this question pops up in my head uh, at times so like in the recent years there has been you know a rise in the number of fitness brands and fitness products and and everything else that has been coming up uh, mostly driven by YouTube, social media and, and stuff like that. Like back in the old days, when I was a kid, there were like only a few handful of brands that were sought after fitness brands like Nike's and Adidas and uh, others, right? So basically now we have so much choice. Uh, we have uh, brands coming up straight out of social media. We have we have all these small small uh players who are chipping away a lot like small shares out of these major brands like under armor and, and and nikes right so yep. being in that industry and being at the center of of uh this uh, exploration how like how do you see this evolving like do you see in the next 10-15 years uh like nikes and underarmors would be irrelevant and we'll have these bespoke brands for like who understand their customer in a better way or they'll still be like these small players and uh they'll just innovate for for their group for their customers uh and not be that that much global
1: yeah i think in the next 10 to 15 years it's uh a lot of brands are going to start being like more desirable than uh nike and under armor just because social media hype um it's funny i don't go shopping at nike or under armor either so i always go for these fitness brands so yeah i agree i feel like or yeah i feel like by the time we have like the next 10-15 years roll by, nike and under armor are definitely gonna probably stay here and these fitness brands are gonna kind of creep up like that, like above, just because of social media. Like, I don't see Nike having influencers that yeah. promote their stuff. Like they kind of do, but they don't. You know, yeah. um, these brands on social media are blowing up fast, like really fast. Yeah, and Nike's been around for a how long? Like pretty much all of our lives.
0: So yeah,
1: a- exactly. You know, so. These fitness brands have only been around for maybe, like, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. So give them more time. Nike, I'm not saying they hit their cap, but Nike's already been at the top. So yeah. it's, like, how much more top can they get Got it. when they don't do what some of these, like, other brands are already doing, which is, like, influencer marketing. Um, having the face of them have their... I don't know who created Nike, like... He's not, he or she is not on social media from my knowledge, but like Christian Guzman with Alphalete, he is. And that's, what's Mm -hmm. growing him so fast with Alphalete. Yeah. So, and also like Balance Athletica, they have a storefront now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like Nike and Under Armour, they all have storefronts, but now you see these companies like, like Balance and all of them, they are having stores. And so while, is a controversy with COVID if it's even a good idea or not? Mm-hmm. These companies are doing their best to rival them, so it's gonna be interesting, you know, to see how it goes.
0: Yeah, that that's that's an inter- interesting uh, play out there. Like now, like as as these smaller brands become big, there'll be a question in which at, at some point of time, not a single brand, but I think aggregation of these brands. Probably might reach that level where you know the Nikes and the uh, Under Armours are, and uh, with this influencer marketing and, and, and everything else, um, I think there'll be a stage where they'll they like they'll have tough competition, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it depends on again, like internet growth and, and how YouTube penetrates across other global markets. But yeah, I, I can also see that this industry is going to boom even further uh, down the line, so oh, yeah. that's great. Cool. Um, a follow-up question to this, uh, pretty interesting one. Are you planning to, like, on on creating something of your own? Like, uh, like when is you merch coming out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I would love to, but it's just hard because I don't, I, while I do have a following, I really don't. And my following is mainly for people that have products and services that they need me to create advertisement for. And so mm-hmm. for me to start selling it, it would be about you, right? And so I don't, I'm not like Christian. I'm not like any of these big names that people would want to buy my stuff so unless i made my name or that product so freaking cool probably not and i know that could be like a oh you're not believing in yourself blah 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 it's like no it's being real with yourself it's also yeah. so just thinking logically of like where you stand individually and then understanding how much time it's going to take to get it to even be sold get alone making it i would love to make it i think it'd be fun but yeah I don't want to waste my time, effort, and money just to like make it and know it goes nowhere. So, if I would like to, yes, when. Love to in the next five years, like, but even then, like, it could possibly not. It really just depends on how things play out because. I think a lot of the that answered unanswered question for me from that will come in Texas because. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I've learned in San Diego is I am Mm -hmm. a robot. I am a monkey. I'm constantly editing, shooting, constantly editing, shooting. Don't have Mm -hmm. time for myself. So I don't have any passive income, unfortunately. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously I have stocks and stuff like that, but that's different. So I would love to, with the the financial gain, with the less expenses in Texas, Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry as much about making as much money. Because then I can make time now to create products and services or whatever like some sort of like passive income resource for me and then I can start advertising that on my own and make that into another income for me and then go back and get more gigs again on top of my already set up job right now. So that's kind of like the game plan. I would love to in the next five years make you schmirch because I think that'd be hilarious.
0: Yeah. Probably, I think I think in the near future you can experiment with that. Uh, like sampling some small stuff, and I think it'll be popular. You have a certain level of uh following now, and then I think you can create a uh, passive income uh, source from it. So I'll be happy to buy one too. So let me know when you plan yeah. to do that. Cool. So uh, this brings us to probably the last question uh, related to the topics that we have, uh, and then. Uh, and there'll be a few bonus questions which i really really want to ask you um so the last question is probably i i ask uh, all the guests that i that come to the show um pretty uh, like a self uh, introspective question where you really have to think uh, a lot about yourself but um what advice would you give to your younger self or uh anything that you know you could have done differently or approach in a different manner i know we discussed a lot about uh the initial gigs that you got uh but apart from that like from an um, experience or learning standpoint anything you sort of regret or could have done better
1: yeah oh yeah um definitely not be as emotional that's for sure because okay i to not to sound all like everything turned into like a freaking love relationship romantic mm-hmm. wise, but like because trust me, that, that part of my life is still non-existent. It's uh, don't get so friendly with people. Meaning mm-hmm. if people hire you or when people hire me, I like to become their friend. And mm-hmm. that's because when you are in a long-term contract with someone and you're filming them, you have to build the ability to gain their trust and their personality to be themselves. I'm not their friend and I'm just really awkward and it's like I'm just here to do my job then they're not gonna get comfortable with you so you have to be their friend so Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being a friend business wise and to Mm -hmm. extract that from them versus like let's get so friendly to the point where now I can actually see them as like actual friends, if that makes sense. Like we'll hang out. And that's where the boundary gets drawn or okay. crossed. Because I feel like I do that with every person. And that's just because I am i really like to make friends, you know, hanging out with people. But that stabbed me a lot because when they decide to stab me in the back or it just doesn't work out in general, it mm-hmm. sometimes has to do with like, whatever happened with that project, And then I take it to heart. I take it personally. And then I feel bad about myself. Like what could I have done wrong? I get all emotional, not to them, but sometimes what I could say could come from an emotional side and not black and white. So I've always been like that. I feel like I get that from my mom, to be honest, but, Mm -hmm. uh I've always been like that. So if I could tell myself to not be as emotional and just be a little bit more heartless, it would help me business wise just because I feel like people sometimes give me that sob story of like, I can't afford you or whatever. And I'll just be Mm -hmm. like, whatever, like I'll like, I'll, I'll I'll give in to that, but I'm more black and white. I can be more like, you know, like straight up businessman, like my way or the highway. And then, but like to a certain point, because I don't want to also come out as like an arrogant asshole either, you know, yeah. like it, it needs to have that fine line. So my biggest advice to myself would be, be less emotional because a lot of my decisions come from my emotions versus my head, like yeah. actual thinking. Uh, and that goes to both like normal life to even the business side. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I've, I've heard this thing a lot. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, if they could, uh, I, I think I heard this in a podcast, I was recently listening to that. If they could deal with the situation that happened uh, earlier in a less emotional and like a more sensible way, I think uh, their life would have been easier. I, I've heard this a lot because uh, I think, because you're not that experienced you get uh, get too emotional with things too attached with things so then they they uh, probably hurt you or you kind yeah. of overthink with that so yeah so i are, are you now con- conscious about this this fact when you are like signing up new projects and dealing with new clients or it's still something you're working upon
1: i'm still working upon it like yeah i'm very conscious about it but I can't help it. Sometimes it still happens, you know? Um, But like I said, it's just one of the things where like, it's a, it's, it's not going to be fixed overnight either. Yeah. Yeah, It's also my personality. Like I just like being friends with people and I just really am a caring person. So it makes it really, really difficult at times, you know?
0: Got it. Got it. Yep. Uh, I think I think that's very valid. Um, cool. So I have a couple of bonus questions prepared for you. Like these are fun, interesting questions, more about your preferences and stuff. Um, so I'll fire them really quickly. Um, so the first one is that: What is your absolute favorite or like a dream rig or camera setup?
1: I would love to get a red. I have played with one once but not to the extent of uh, knowing how it would be if I owned one personally or Mm -hmm. used it for a project of my own. Like I kind of just like was on set for a a client once and then I just straight up played with it a little bit, but I never got the footage or felt like, oh, this would feel like if I filmed like a familiar person for me Mm -hmm. in my normal shooting location but that would be my dream setup is getting a red because that's when it like legit looks like Hollywood. Like. Everything yeah. Is, like
0: yeah. 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 I think red is every cinematographer's dream come true. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, got it. Um, now touching, touching base on your uh, Indian and Bollywood side of things. What is your, like, uh, who is your favorite Bollywood actor first? And do you have any Bollywood favorite movies? Like, do you watch yeah. them?
1: So the irony is, uh, I, my favorite is Salman Khan, how I said earlier. <laughs> uh, why is because I, I don't know, you know, like that every, like everything has like certain people, right? That like stand mm-hmm. out um, yeah. or like, they've made their name very well known. So Rithik Roshan, Salman Khan, and Amita Bachchan, and then Abhishek yeah. Bachchan. Like, those were the main people. Oh, and even Shah Khan. Those yeah, are like, yeah. the main people that, like, have stood out to me in mm-hmm. my life. And so, I would say Salman Khan and Rithik Roshan because, I don't know, the irony is, like, the movies that my parents showed me back then was always okay. centered around them. And then next would come Shah Khan. Uh, and I actually have a Salman Khan bracelet. Oh, here.
0: that is nice.
1: My, my <laughs> grandparents gave me it when I was like 13 years old, and I have not taken it off since. I mean, besides to like get bigger, but yeah. uh, I have not taken it off since, and it's now become my like my signature in America because not everyone knows Salman Con either. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in America, anyway. But those are my favorites and my favorite movies. Uh, <laughs> no entry, if you know that
0: one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's an interesting. <laughs> one. Wow. That's
1: so that one. Um, what's the other one? I think it's called Mehuña. I like that yeah. one.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think khan
1: Yeah. khan and then Tarzan. I like that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, that. That was a cool one. Yeah, pretty old. And then, finally, I would say "Kobe, Cushy Cubby Come, even though that's a very freaking like, freaking rom-com. Or yeah. not rom-com, <laughs> Like, I don't know, whatever. I just like it because those bring back memories. It's yeah. like, like, in general, they bring back memories. Like, if I had to pick one that's, like, I would love, I would watch it every time, it would be uh, no entry. Because I thought that one was just hilarious.
0: Yeah, that um, was really funny. That was that was really very really good. Cool. Yeah. yeah those are those ones, are classic, classic movies. Those are yeah.
1: classic, and it's like it's it's a little bit like on the inappropriate side that like makes it funny for me. Yeah. I like, but the other ones are more for, um, what's it called? Like nostalgia. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's like
1: yeah. how I said earlier. Like I I rejected being Indian, but it doesn't mean I didn't like it. It's mm. how I was being treated as a child in America how people viewed me. So I do like the culture and I do like my life Mm -hmm. in terms of being Indian. But when it came to mixing that with the American society, that's where it clashed that I didn't like, because Mm. I'm sure depending on where I lived as a child, if I was treated differently, I wouldn't have ever cared about that or that would have never been a thought. So, but yeah, those are the only ones I really even remember because honestly, I feel like I watched so many, but I don't know the names because I can't even speak Hindi yeah. at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Understand it? It's very like, it just like goes over my head. I probably like can remember certain like scenes in my mm-hmm. head okay. if I think about it, but or if I can recognize it based off of uh, the cover art for the yeah the, the movie. But beyond that, I really like I, those are the only ones I can remember
0: <laughs> cool now those are really interesting names uh cool um uh so my next question was it was pretty impromptu like what is your uh, favorite uh flavor for a protein uh powder or uh, probably a pre-workout
1: Oh okay. Uh, favorite uh, protein powder? Um, I would ironically say Ghost. They uh, they have good flavors. I like them a lot. Uh, probably like the original peanut butter cereal milk. Something about it. They nailed okay. it. And then in terms of pre workout, honestly, man, I don't even have a favorite pre workout. Um, I I just need caffeine. So I'll sometimes just drink Monster right before, okay. like like Diet Monster. But if I had to pick a pre-workout, I'll just say Ghost um, or okay. EVP Pump by Evogen, which is just a, a pump product and okay. there's no caffeine. And the reason why I say that is because I don't feel like caffeine hits me anymore. I think I just, <laughs> I, I just take too much of it. So I just need that placebo at this point. Oh, okay. I feel like, yeah. I'm it. but the, I do feel the pump, the EVP pump. Um, those are, those are my favorite, but when it comes to like the legit pre-workout, like with the caffeine stimulant, yeah, I mean, I don't feel anything anymore, so I'm like, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, Maybe ghost. so it's just but convenient I, now, it's like, some of them taste like crap, too.
0: Yeah, 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 but I, I think you're more of a monster, uh, type of person, like, you'll probably have it. I think it works better than than pre at times.
1: Maybe, but then I drink <laughs> it a little too much, like just casually. So really. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, and, and this brings us to the last question. Um, what is your favorite dish? Uh, anyone from the Indian cuisine, do you eat Indian cuisine now or you have not eaten since a long time?
1: I have not eaten in a long time. However, I do have a favorite Indian dish. Um, okay. So I really enjoy paisa. I okay. really enjoy having, um, it's called paisa right now. That's what my mom's called it.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's okay. more or less a South Indian dish.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. South Indian. Yeah. So yeah. I like paisa. I like peta. Uh, so sweets, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kuchikai uh, is it's called it's like this like, long sweet thing,
0: okay. Holge. Holge. Uh, um, There's South Indian stuff, I yeah, like. I, I, yeah, exactly. So, I, I won't be aware with those, those familiar names, uh, because oh, I, I haven't been to South India much, so oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I can recognize a few of them. Like Peta, I can recognize because I, I also get it here. Um, mm-hmm. But there will be like specific South Indian dishes that you probably might might have, Like right?
1: Yeah. Well, those are the ones I like. And then when it comes to, uh, like for sweets, but then when it comes to like savory stuff, mm-hmm. the, the traditional, you know, like idli dosa with saru, um, like okay. those yeah uh, i like uh, what's the what's the name called vermicelli that red rice yeah yeah, yeah
0: uh, definitely. That, that's a staple
1: yeah um what else? it's so funny because there was this place in Davin gray it was called a uh, hideout um okay It had this thing called, like a i don't even know what the name of the freaking thing was called but it, like it was like, a polio with like noodles in it and I don't know what the national name is, but I used to just call it noodle polya, and uh, my my grandparents and aunt would give me that every time, and so I uh, I would like to eat that with roti. So the other thing would then just be that roti. So yeah. roti with some sort of polya, but those are like the only things I know because I feel like once I got into bodybuilding, I completely stopped eating <laughs> Indian cuisine because I didn't know how to track it.
0: Yeah yeah it's very really hard to track it that's true when i when i started actually tracking macros i had a really hard time with with all the portions and stuff Right, you really can't track it so i would just base it off estimations and stuff so yeah that that's very true but it, it's great that you still remember and still um eat a few of these indian,
1: indian dishes i think i think that's that's really great um Hopefully. like i said kind of like I didn't reject, I didn't like hate, you know, being Indian, you know, it just so yes. happened to be how it was to live. So I'm really, I do like it a lot, but, uh, definitely makes it difficult with, you know, tracking.
0: Yeah. Sure. I can understand that. Great. So this brings us to the end, uh, more or less, um, for the show. I really wanted to thank you again for your time, uh, taking out the time and, and everything. Um, and yeah, I'll probably have you on the show in the future as well. And we'll probably discuss something other than video and, and cinematography.
1: That'd be awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, this is an honor and a pleasure. I'm so happy you asked me to be a part of this. And would love to, you know, discuss more on the Indian side stuff, you know? because like, it's really intriguing to me because
0: yeah. I don't
1: have much about it, you know?
0: Definitely, definitely. Cool then. Uh, see you. Take care. hey listeners thank you for tuning in to At Intellect Ayush's contact details are mentioned in the show notes below also if you have any thoughts feedbacks or recommendations about this episode or the podcast in general feel free to reach out to us via email it's mentioned in the show notes as well until next time peace